1: Open relationship. Come on. Now, okay, I'm not sure what episode this is today. Is it 16? Episode number 18. 18. And, okay, so today we want to talk about what seems to be a hot button, hot topic word all over the country since the Last Supper.
2: Mm, let me guess. Nigger? Oh, but
1: look, when I said the last supper, you look like the last supper. It's the correspondence dinner, right? The last dinner for the president.
2: If you were my homie, <laughs> I would have said, "Nigger."
1: Ow!
2: Please.
1: Okay, the In last... The last-
2: the Last supper, supper. and shit. The Last Supper. Come on. The
1: Last the last correspondence That is. Correspondence that dinner. is The Last Known Supper. Known to the niggas, The Last Supper. Okay, so we were watching The Last Supper, right? And we were watching oh the speeches, okay? And Barack always is going to shut it down because he has all the things, in my humble opinion, that it takes to be a great speaker. He's funny. He's emotional. He takes you on a roller coaster ride. So after he gave his speech, our brother Larry Wilmore came up to the microphone. And what you feeling?
2: Say it, baby. Go with it.
1: When brother Larry Wilmore came up to the microphone, now let me say this. I dig Larry. That's right. I dig Larry. I think Larry is one of them cats that will say it, not afraid of it. You know, he's going to put it out there when you watch his show. However... When I watched him speak at the Last Supper, I was—he it was cool till he got to. I want if we're gonna keep it one hundred, Barry. This is what he said: If we're gonna keep it one hundred, Barry, you kept what you kept it real, my nigga.
2: My, my nigga. And today, the topic we're discussing is the word nigger.
1: Is the word nigga? Yes. Because we've been watching the debates. On all of the news stations and hearing the conversations about this word, nigga, and should he have said it, should he not have said it, and why would he do that to the first black president and let him go out that way? Now, me personally, I was not offended at all. I felt like he should have been stronger with it because it was as if he planned on saying it, but when he got right there to it, it was like, I don't know. So it went kind of fast, like, you kept 100, my nigga, almost like, ooh, but i felt like if he was going to say it
2: you got to say it I said it it's like uh again the topic is on the word nigger and we came up with that based upon the conversation regarding the uh the last supper as you so eloquently put it <laughs> and first and foremost cuz people started comparing uh the president's performance to Larry Wilmore's performance and the reality is, he bringing that. He got hot sauce in his bag. Okay? Swag, swag. So there's a level of what he gonna bring to the table that is gonna upstage anybody. And in truth, if they had done the order, they should have had Larry Wilmore go before the president, because it ultimately set him up for failure. Not that it was a failing, but it was as if he was questioning. His performance and he's got to say what he's got to say. Now, again, we love him and think what he did was great. Would have definitely wanted him to hit it and say it for real, because it's obvious. I would have assumed that you would have communicated to the president that this would be something that you were going to be saying so that he would not be shocked and and you were on the same page like, what the did this what you just call me? Are you going to take it upon yourself to call me? So the fact that he responded in the way that he did kind of indicated that they would have had to have had the conversation. So if brother uh, Barack Barry is okay with it, then you okay with it, and we know that this is a term of endearment, there should be no problem. So – It was a level of finesse where almost like he was introduced to the word himself. And for some reason, he felt that maybe I shouldn't say nigger. And but I'm going to say it anyway. And
1: right. You know, you know, someone just said that we should say it, but not say it in front of company. He shouldn't have said it in front of company. And you then start saying to yourself, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And should we? And when you say company, what do you mean by company? Do you mean th- they shouldn't have said it in front of uh, white people or Asian people or? Latin? What do you mean by company? So to say it, why ever should we curtail it or be silent about it in our way of saying in our term of endearment?
2: Paper Chase just said what we said this morning. He should have said it like Denzel said it on Training Come day. on. He should have said it like it. My nigga, My nigga, Because that's what it was. And here's the thing, in our humble opinion. The word nigger is kind of like a weapon, if you will. It's kind of like a pistol. It can be used to hunt or it can be used to kill recklessly. But a pistol on its own is just a pistol. Nothing, no damage is done. So... The word nigga is no different than any other word in our vocabulary, but the way in which it is used dictates because you can say to a person, oh, you look nice today. And if you told somebody that they slapped you in the face with saying, oh, you look nice today, they would say, how is that? Well, because they had just fell down and they were disheveled. And then I said, oh, you look nice today. Same words, different meaning based upon mm. that moment. So the word nigga is indicative to that moment because you have people that if they called you nigga, that would be a problem. And if they did not, and if they called you nigga, it would not be a problem.
1: You know, Miss Dorothy is in a room with us, and she said that she has a problem with the word because she came up in the 60s, 60s in Birmingham, Alabama, and she was really scarred by hearing that word. And that's understandable. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really understandable. Um, I've been called nigger by white people, a white person. But it didn't, for me, it didn't scar me in that way. where was like, oh, God, because I just understood. That's just a word. For me, it was just a word. And I can't give you the power of you call, of you saying nigga. And then I fall apart with, uh, for me, I'm so scarred because I've heard it as a term of endearment, I've heard that word used so lovingly amongst black people that it's not a word that I ever wanted to throw away or get rid of. You know, when, when I would be around a family and you, you describing somebody, and it's like, oh, my God, that nigga was amazing. So I didn't see anything wrong with that. I, I didn't see, I, didn't, I knew the difference, though. I knew the difference when someone said you black nigga, well, okay. You 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 you're trying to cause a situation. And I knew the difference when somebody said, "Nigga, oh my god, how you mm-hmm. been?" Mm-hmm. So to see us get so bent out of shape. Like on these on it was a program on the other day with um Don Lemon and it was a brother and a sister and they were talking and the brother was so angry and adamant and you don't use it, and it's disgraceful. And the sister said, but that's your opinion. That's how you feel. Mm-hmm. She said, why do we keep acting like we don't use the word amongst us? Mm-hmm. And then when it's said anywhere else, we're then falling apart, and how could they say it? But we act like the word has just never been used. So we know the difference in it. And what Larry that night, it's like for the black folk that was in the audience that— I didn't hear I didn't hear anybody personally say they were offended. Mm-hmm. But he said, the gentleman said, and they're, all of us, we were really offended that he would say that. For the ones that was in the audience and they heard it and knew where it was coming from, were you offended because there were white people there and they heard him say it? Or were you offended because if it was a room full of black people and you heard the word, would you still take the same offense and feel the same way? So... I think that's really the question that really needs to be
2: asked. Well, it's a deeper. If if that question, if the answer to that question is yes, I take offense because white people are in a room, it speaks to a different level of conditioning that we have, which is a level of embarrassment to be ourselves for the fear of being mocked by people who happen to be not like us. Mm -hmm. And you have to be strong enough to live your truth and say it does not matter if someone white or of any other ethnicity is around. You should always be yourself. And if this is a term of endearment that you're exchanging, of course, you're not going to be in church saying, uh, to your boy across the way. What's up, my nigga? But, you know, the past he's trying to deliver a word. You know, it's, it's got The church be- we go yeah. to. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. But but in 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 an environment where you are called upon especially for levity. You know that this has been worked out with the president. There's a level of, especially with comedians and things of that nature, a level of and boundary that they are allowed to cross That in ordinary life, the person who works at Social Security may be reluctant to say as she's uh, engaging with her uh, coworkers because of the situation. So with that being said, it's almost like we as people have to stop being fearful of being ridiculed and mocked by others and be fortunate enough that we have what it is that we have in terms of how we communicate because how we communicate ends up getting translated light years later into the American lexicon mm. that we, that, that, that we use. You go girl. How many things have you heard through the years that's in our community? Because we're embedded in this fabric, but it's only a word that was taken to speak ill of us that we took it, flipped it and said in essence I know you ain't trying to act grand, are you? Because you know you are considered a nigger just like me in the eyes of these Caucasians. Now, that's a reality. We understand that in this world that we live in today, everybody who's Caucasian doesn't feel that way. But when we believe that this word did not start in the 60s, it did not start in the 30s. Come on. Trust me, in the 18, 1700s when slavery was going on, the word was used like nigga. If you don't bring your ass back here for massa, be done cut your damn foot off. You don't think because that's what we were introduced to. The native tongue of Africans was African of whatever dialect they they used from wherever place they came, not English. So, you know what just gave me a
1: thought though, Daddy, when you said that's what we were introduced to. Just like we were introduced to the word nigga, mm-hmm. we were introduced to Christianity. So why don't we have the same attitude or take the same feelings? Because it was an introduction, not mm-hmm. something that we knew we were introduced to it. And and, and and another point that just came to my mind, when people say it's a double standard, right? How come y'all can say nigga, but white people can't say nigga? Well, that's just like the word fag. I've been around so many gay boys. If they call you, fag, if you don't, go ahead. Ain't nobody fooling with you, you fag. But you can't say that. I've been around the word bitch. I can call, listen, her name is Tommy, your name is Robin, but when we talk, it's like, bitch, let me tell you something. But if we walk somewhere and a guy said, why are you acting like a bitch? It's getting ready to be a problem. So it's not just the word nigga. It is words that the community, it, may it be the gay community, may it be the black community, may it, whatever community it is, it's words that we say we can have, but you don't have the right to have that word, even though you set out to make it bad. Like the word fag, which means a cigarette in, in, in London. So, But over here, it was made out to be bad.
2: Here's where it gets even deeper, if you will. There's a variation of what you're saying that is accurate, but there's a level of... What you're saying, that's not even being accounted for because we say it in a blanket statement that whites can't say it, but we can. I've seen whites who were embedded in the fabric of the community mm-hmm. that were able to say it. See, here's where it gets real. Here's where it gets really mm-hmm. real. That are able. I've seen men who were able to call women a bitch, and that was cool because of the relationship that it is that they had, mm-hmm. which speaks back to the weapon. It is how you use it, the context you use it, the relationship you have with the people who are using it. I wouldn't suggest that some Caucasian came over to that same Caucasian and called him a nigger that rolls with people that may be of color that he called a nigger and that's cool, and then roll up on that same white guy because then he may be ready to fight. So it just depends under the context, and words are words. They only have effectiveness based upon the way in which they are directed at mm. you and the tone, the texture, the relationship. So, all of those dynamics. And if you don't a lot for them, all we're doing is speaking in general terms.
1: Somebody said, Well, we feel the same way if Trump said it. He already has.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Baby, he just said all the shit that could possibly be said. So, and again, To be called a nigger by a person other than a black person, I've been. But it didn't make me ball up my fist to say, oh, now we got to fight It's Like, all right, sugar, if that's what you're feeling, go on and feel that. Because to grow up in it, we grew up in Randallstown, Maryland, back in the late 70s, early 80s, So, which at the time was all. We was in
2: the mid-60s, I mean mid-60s, in the early 70s, Randallstown, I mean, Deer Park.
1: Yeah, I want the dip. We old head though. We forget how. We, I want the dip. De- let me tell you answers. about this word, nigga. Okay, we had a principal named Mr. Charnock. Okay, mm-hmm. and if Mr. Charnock, if you're listening, how you doing, Mr. Charnock? And there were these two white guys that went to school with us, and they were the bullies of the school, right? And at the time, the ratio may have been ninety to ten percent, ninety percent white, ten percent black. Okay. So these two guys they just bullied everybody but I was determined when it was my turn god damn it it's going to happen mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so we, we had a payphone at the school so I'm over on the payphone and one of them was like I need to use the phone so I'm like when I get off right I'm a still baby. I was never no punk. Never. Okay? When I get off, so he was like, I need to use it now when I get off. So here come the other brother right now. I got butterflies in my stomach because I'm like, shit, it's both of them. So he said, oh, my brother said he needs to use that phone. I said, I told him when I get off. Right? So mm-hmm. now here come Mr. Charnock. Now, Mr. Charnock says to me, Moni, keep your voice down. I said, I won't. They are over here trying to bully me to get off the phone. Mm-hmm. So now he's on, When you come to the office, I said, if I come, they coming. God damn it, if right. I come, they're coming because right. this is racist. Now, you see that my out here bothering me. <laughs> so when I went in the office, he still took me in the office, right? And I got on the phone with my father. I said, Daddy, Mr. Charnock is being racist, and these two white boys are trying to bully me. He said, put him on the phone. I don't know what my father said to Mr. Charnock, <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Charnock told me to go on back to class.
2: Go on back. So thank you, sugar. Go on back. Thank
1: you, because even as a kid, it didn't. Make me want to, you know, but they were just bullies. So it was, but they bullied everybody. And I don't even know if it was so much, you know, it was, they were twin brothers. Yes, this is goddamn middle school. But even in middle school, but this, just that word, when you watch it now in 2016 and you see people getting so angry. I'm like, y'all, we getting angry at the word nigga, but you ain't angry at the public school system.
3: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play
2: it at play.it. And again, growing up in Baltimore, Maryland in the 70s, gotten a chance to see what it was like to be called nigger in all different realms, where every day you would go to school because in Winfield Elementary School in Randallstown, Maryland, there were only a handful of African-Americans there, so... They would call you nigger so much that after a while, you stop getting mad about them calling you nigger because <laughs> you just assume this is what they're going to call you. You can beat them up. You can fight them. But the next day and that same day when they get far enough away from you to call you that, they would call you that. So is one of those things where you begin at some point to say you can't keep fighting everybody that calls you nigger or you will be a constant state of fight. (laughs) In Baltimore (laughs) County, Liberty Road, in that area in the morning, (laughs) The, the brothers know what I'm talking about. So it would be a refreshing change. It was a refreshing change when your fellow brethren would call you nigger. Not nigger, as they throw beer bottles at you, nigger. Like, give me some debt because it was almost saying after a hard day's work, after being tortured by these young Caucasian brethren out here, it's nice to see a comrade who's going to call you nigger, not nigger. N i g g a nigger. And nigger was his
1: What's name. What's my <laughs> Nigger, who I'm rolling with? Huh? My nigger.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. And again, when we hear people who say because of the older people in the room, this is why you want to respect them. They were using it prior to our existence, those Mm. older people in the room. It's kind of like at your shows when you have an old woman. I believe the joke you were saying had something to do. And I'll say it politely because I like to say it that way. Um, that had something to do with the dispersal of male fluids into a woman's mouth, okay? And she <laughs> said, mm, I remember the taste. Like, that's nasty. Now, she was what? How many
1: years old? 90. No, Daddy, she was 90, and her name was Miss Lily. And what Miss Lily did not say it was nasty. I'm sorry. No, what, she was speaking on a, the other things. Right. She was speaking on the Lucille Bogan song where Lucille Bogan says, and I'm going to quote what she says. It's a song called "To the Cows Come Home. Her name is Lucille Bogan. It was a song that was written in 1923. And one of the lines she says on the song is, If you suck my pussy, I'll suck your dick. I'll do it so good till I make you shit. Now, the lady in the audience is 90 years old named Miss Lily. And her response to that song right there was when she said, I'll make you shit, she said, Mm, that taste in your mouth. That taste in
2: your mouth. And I just assumed that she wasn't referring to okay. shit, that she was referring to the thing that would make one. <laughs> We're <laughs> not sure at 90 what she was referring but to. I was, was just proud that she said, mm, get that taste in your mouth. Right. Like So yes. when you 90 some odd years old and you take it like that, what that implies is you've seen a thing or two. Come on. And when you've lived a full life, then you can easily <laughs> say that the word nigga is not something that you're going to spend time being angry about due to the fact that I believe you just said school system, there is dirty water being drank by the young children. Come on. Okay. You have individuals who <laughs> are being drank. being drank. Is drunk. Or drank. It's trying. It's being tasted and <laughs> swallowed by <laughs> individuals that it is affecting yes. for generations to come potentially. So we're angry over the usage of the word nigga. And ironically, the individual that the word was used on took no offense.
1: Took no offense. So why ever would anybody else
2: be so offended?
1: He took no offense. Shelly took no offense. Everybody was oh, cool. You said it like you know,
2: Shelly. Shelley. Like that's your
1: girl, Shelly. Well, she's everybody's girl. She that's is. Right. My, that's right. My. But you said it like it was like My best your friend' best name friend, is Michelle, Michelle. and right. I call her Shelly. And right. that first lady of the United States, what she did was became everybody's best friend. Shelly. That sister made you feel like listen, I, we can hug at the White House, or we can go down to the projects and have us a forty. What you want to do. Like, she, she made you feel that way because I believe that's who she really is. So the word niggas, like, ain't nobody got no time to focus on. And let me, let me just throw this out here. Robin, Tommy, Periscope, I'm going to just throw it out there and tell me which one you would pick. Okay? Now I'm going to describe a man to you. Now you tell me which one you think is the better looking man. Okay? You know what? I meant this guy, and he is really nice looking. That's option one. Here's option 2. You know what? I meant this fine ass nigga. Baby, let me tell you something. When this nigga walked in the room. That's option 2. Well, Which one was finer? You, the,
2: you just turned it get option.
3: nigga. You know what I'm saying? When you that description had more life to it anyway. Which one? I, you know what I'm saying? The second one, of course. Right. I right. mean, it, it, it's, it, you you gave it more life when you you said it. However,
2: yes. the only thing is, the only thing is, when you have mixed company, that's when you begin to jeopardize the, I don't know, the covert mission of the usage of the word nigger.
3: Well, I'm not sure if I would have a conversation like that with my good girlfriend in particular company. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're at if we're handling business. We're
2: on- we're on a podcast, and these things that we're saying right now is going to go out to a mix of people. I'm saying
3: if we are if we are at business, I wouldn't interrupt her and say, oh, Monique, oh my God, I just met this thing outside." <laughs> no, you know what I mean, right? But it would wait until she was finished handling her business, and then we step away. You know what I mean? It, it don't matter who's in the room, but I'm saying if they, if it depends on the company. Like, if it's business, I'm not having that business. I'm not having that conversation, even th- in all of my excitement, because... Right, but I'm we're not even to having a conversation it's that you met that. anybody if yeah. it's in Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Unless
1: you walk past and bend down and whisper in my ear, yeah.
3: if it yeah. just I can't I might wait. do that. <laughs> you know, that thing but over there? I might mm-hmm. do that. You might have to give it to me quick. <laughs> <My> <laughs> and if you gave it to me quick and you was like, that nigga look good. <laughs> and I'm like, that way? did it for me. Like, I was, it got my attention. But he was like, he's nice.
1: I'm like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's how you introduce it. Yeah. And you're right. It's just it's just how you introduce it and how you're using it. Yeah. So and Miss yeah. Dorothy said, really good point. Really good point, Robin. I think that again, if we because somebody put on here earlier, we're always trying to prove ourselves. Mm. We're always in this space of, oh, don't do that in front of company. Oh, you gonna say that? Oh and it's like, but why? Why are we trying to prove ourselves, and whom are we trying to prove ourselves to? Now, if we let's say we're all out at lunch, me Mm and you, Tommy, and it could Mm -hmm. be some other women around there, and it could be a business meeting, and it could be we could be having a great time, Mm -hmm. and everybody got comfortable. I might say, "Bitch, listen," because then we're unguarded, Mm -hmm. and though we are having a business meeting, a quote unquote, it's still women, and we're still open and it and it and it went somewhere different.
2: There's so many different scenarios right. that one mm-hmm. could Absolutely. use. The bottom line is it re- equates to the energy of the situation. It, the energy yes. of it and, I, and, agree. And yes. you, you I agree. Yes. And you know based upon the company in which you're in whether it's feasible or not. But if you're a comedian, as in the case of Larry Wilmore, it is his job to a degree to to press the the boundaries without crossing the threshold because he could have easily said, yo, my motherfucking nigga. Come on. President Barack Hussein motherfucking Obama out this bitch. Okay, then. I would have enjoyed it. Right. And and that would have got a different response. However, what he said was, my nigga. Now, at that point, he should have been introducing him to come up and let President Barack Obama do his thing. Yes. As opposed to closing it on that. And again, that's not that man's fault. That's just whoever saw it. Because again, you got to know not only your audience, but you got to know the guy who's giving what they're giving. Because again, President got some swag on him. And he knows he takes command of that microphone with a level of ease, grace. And he he, got hot sauce in his bag. He got hot swag.
1: Okay, baby. (laughs) You know, I, I think that when the day comes, we will get a president in office that may walk up to that podium and say something real, real. Like to say, and I know our president, Barack, he will be the world's president forever, but that brother's on his way out. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I put my time in. I've done what I could do. I'm on my way out. But the next black, when we get in there. If he go up to that podium and say some real shit, listen, let's talk about the word nigga. Let's get all this shit out on the table so that we can become a better country. Because right now, if we're still fighting over this in 2016, that's how come Donald Trump sits where he sits right now. Because we get caught up in bullshit. We get caught up in things that we're saying, is this really worth the energy? If we took our energy and put it somewhere else where we could really make a difference. Because the word is never going. Nigga is like the word love. It's never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're never going to stop saying it. So can we stop the debate over it and move on to more things that are far more pressing, that are far more, that could advance us as a people? Because this shit right here, it's
2: like it's, it's... Not just advance us as a people, advance us as a society. Because on. when we start, but it, we we sometimes can get put in a position where we want to revert in and we think that, it's us that has to stick together. Us is the people that occupy the earth because they're black people that we've run into that are far less brothers than some Mm. Caucasians that we ran into. So the color of one's skin is not as relevant as what the spirit of one's intent in their heart is. So at the end of the day, it's having a conversation, not about nigger, but let's change the, the slogan, God bless America. And please God bless the world Mm. because when we keep saying things that don't make sense, like this is the greatest country in the world. Well, here's the thing. This country is made up of all the people of all the continents of the world, which is the reason why it's great as opposed to because we're here on land that somehow makes it great. Everyone else is on a body of land as well. So when we stop trying to be better than others and start trying to be the best that we can be, mm. then life changes for everyone and stop making it seem as if we're we're supposed to, it's every man for themselves as opposed to everybody should be working together.
1: And, and you know what, Daddy? I think that's what has happened. It has become every man for themselves. And that's why we're sitting in the positions that we're sitting in just as far as a people. Because it's so individual. It's I got mine, you got yours to get, and however you got to get it, I don't care if I see you, if I pass you by and I see that you hungry, I got mine. You got yours to get. And I'm so glad you made that point about God bless America because that shows our arrogance. That shows our, when I hear newscasters and people say, this is the greatest country in the world, who said, who said, what makes the greatest country in the world have slaves for 400 years? And that's the greatest country in the world. What makes the greatest country in the world say we will build up a wall and keep people out from their natural homes, but we'll build this wall up and we'll keep them out. And right now, the ones that are here, we'll go around and we'll bundle them up and we'll ship them out. Like, what makes us the greatest? And we say that so arrogantly and so cocky, but we're still fighting over nigga in 2016. But we're the greatest country in the world.
2: As opposed to working things out with the world, we we constantly, constantly, uh, and I, I gotta stop because of this question: Would you guys casually say around white execs when doing business? No, we're not communicating in that way. To answer your question, with white execs when we're doing business, and quite frankly, if a white exec was to communicate with us in that particular manner. Uh, under the circumstances we would have to know them for it to make sense like we knew a person who was of color because if you don't know someone and they black and they walk up to you and say nigga what's wrong with you it's on and popping again so it didn't matter that he was black <laughs> and he said the word nigga if he's like nigga what the fuck is up with you yo cuz that's how they you say it the i went i went to lexington market <laughs> what the fuck is up with you yo if they said it like that, what the fuck is up with you nigga rather, then it's on and popping, it really doesn't matter. So again, everything is about the way in which you say it. But we we seem to be focused on things that if we just dealt with us, yes. we could change the world right now. Mm. If we change, if we because we'll talk about what we don't say, who can say and who doesn't say, but we forget about the little groups of relationships that you see. See, we're the people that you you know what it is to go on a job and you work next to someone who is black, Latin, Asian, and so forth, and you know your interactions and you know your conversations. And the dialogue and that, relationships that you have, a lot of the general dialogues don't apply to the specifics of your life. So we... Have to start looking at the specifics of individuals' lives and start making stop making such a broad uh, generalization about everything. And when we look at things more surgically than like butchers, then everyone has a better chance to live. Because everybody ain't trying to be billionaires. Come on. You know, people just trying to get what they need. Mm-hmm. So to be concerned again about the word nigga when everyone doesn't have what it is that they need.
1: Right. Is a waste. Of time. Welcome to
3: Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: In our humble opinion, that's a fight that we got to move on from that one. It's like let's fight about And not put our fists up to fight, but let's use our intelligence to have conversations about things that will advance us as a people. And when I say people, Daddy, I mean everybody. Right. Advance us forward because when we do go into these schools, when we do go into these schools, and we're not talking about just in one city. How many schools have we gone into around this country? We've gone into many schools around this country, and we always say, take us to the worst. Take us to the worst school in this city that y'all have given up on. And when we go into those schools, when I tell you the bigger fight is 99% of those babies are angry. They just, like, you go in there and they so mad. And you're like, well, what the hell? Didn't happen. Like, I mean, I'm talking about they mad. They mad as in if you get me wrong, I will kill you. Not I'm going to slap you in your mouth. Um, So that's our bigger concern, not the word nigga. When you go into these nursing homes and you see that they're not being, they're not being cared for, they're not being loved, they're not being bathed at times. And how many have we gone into around which is a, this country? Which is an
2: appropriate time to use the word nigga, because you then want to say these niggas Come ain't on. even cleaning these elderly people up in the way in which they're supposed to. And again, it is no relevance to color; the, it's, it has right all the that. relevance to. The actions of what is done Because the word nigga again And the reality of everyday life Is being applied You don't think that there's some people That are of Latin American descent That have called one another niggas I've seen Asians Mm -hmm. Indians As in not Native Americans But East Indians African Americans They use the word "nigger" And they talking to one another Now here's what's funny They laughing about it but that's what we do you understand and the reality is this are you stronger because of what you're offended by or are you stronger because you're able to move by and not take offense to it because you know this is how people operate this is how people so someone calls you nigga again after all the fights I used to be in in the 70s with white guys who would call me that That name, you get to a point where you say, you know what, this is a lot of fighting and shit over a word. (laughs) And it's like, really, I'm not hurt by that, what they're saying to me at all. Let me let this ride. And you begin to say, not that you just let your family go. What do you say if you got in a fight with somebody and you say you punched somebody in the face for calling you nigger? Who's going to jail? The one who said nigger or the one who punched somebody in the face? The
1: one who got punched and the one who punched.
2: So intellectually, there's a level of strategy and a level of overlooking individuals' ignorance who use it in an, appro- in an inappropriate fashion. Because if you do not, then you're falling into the hands of the people who want you to fall into their hands. <laughs>
1: You know what made me laugh? When we were living in Carriage Hill, right? And we had some neighbors upstairs, and the little girl's name was Danielle. And Danielle may have been about three or four, Mm -hmm. right? And we were coming out of the apartment. We were coming out behind her and her parents. So she so innocently said, the niggas are coming behind
2: us. The niggas (laughs) are coming
1: (laughs) behind us. so innocent
2: so innocent like, it was so innocent
1: so her father looks at my father and says I don't know where she oh, got that father, she got it from my you. father said you but it's alright because yeah. she's that was a baby and she may not have gotten it from her dad somebody but it was just so innocent almost like this is just how we talk about them. The niggas are coming. Like, like, don't close the door on them because the niggas are there. Right. And in. she was a sweet little girl, Danielle. She was such a sweet little girl. Right. But yeah, she said it was such.
2: <laughs> I think we. I, I think people have their little stories like that. I I worked in uh, Kirby selling door to door vacuum cleaners. I was 19 years old. Yes, he did. And I remember again, Charlotte, North Carolina early late 80s early 90s and knocking on the door and the little girl she came to it and said mama there's a nigger at the door just as kind just as nice and it was said to me the same thing that was said to you and it's like don't worry ma'am I've been called nigger so many times in my life <laughs> that I'm not angry by it but Take this certificate for a $500 gift <laughs> <laughs> and a carpet yes. shampoo, and you might just be a winner, and you enjoy your day. I just need your first name and address and number so we can get back with you. That's it.
1: But wait a minute. Did you sell her the vacuum?
2: Not that day, but uh-huh. that was the person you would register to come back to demonstrate the Kirby vacuum cleaner. So you can't get out of whack over that till you come back, and then the grandfather's there and says – we, I ain't buying nothing from no niggas, which I've had that happen too. And then they said, Paul, Paul, shit, get his ass up." No problem. I left. Later on, the, the older gentleman who had to be in his 70s came walking through the neighborhood looking for me. And then he said, nigga, didn't I tell you to get out of this neighborhood with that vacuum cleaner and shit? At that moment, I said, sir, I respect you and respected you when you were on your property. However, if you come up here with all of that, it's not going to go well. No. At that point, he scratched his head, looked back at me, and then looked back to his door, walked to his door, and at that point, I looked at him when he got to his door and then I got the hell up out of that neighborhood because I didn't know what he was coming back with. But for that moment, I had to stand my ground to an elderly gentleman who was 70 years old referring to me derogatorily. But, Daddy, you cut from a different and kind of cloth.
1: You cut from a different kind because if somebody pull a double bro shotgun out on me, I'm off for the rest of the day. I am off, baby. Matter of fact, I'm off for the rest of the week. I need some sick time because I've been traumatized. It's a double-brow shotgun. But what did you do?
2: I went on another presentation after I went home and showered and changed my clothes because I had sweated the other ones out from having a shotgun pulled on me. And went back. And went back to another presentation. So that, that's, a, that, that, that's the ridiculous known as.
1: I'd have been collecting unemployment at that point because at that point, I would have said, no, I didn't sign up for this. That's
2: another story. That's another story. But nonetheless, everything within the context of it kind of dictates the attitude of what it is that is being said to you, no matter what it is.
1: How will you handle it? Will you get bent out of shape? Will you be say Pee Wee Herman? I know you are. But what am I? Let's practice it. Let's call me something. Woman. I know, <laughs> no, Daddy.
2: Because I know you. Are. Oh, you're a mean person.
1: I know you are, but what am I? Oh, okay. See how the that mean works.
2: Mean person.
1: But do we see how that works? That we do. And you throw somebody off their game when you get to seeing that kind of shit. I know you are, but what am I?
2: And or we could take a page from you and Robin's book. When you get mad, we should already have on our person at all times, just like identification, a sign that says. I know you are, but what am I? And then at the bottom it says, smile. How about that?
1: I love it. Okay. I love that. So when
2: And and different cards. Hello, have a great day. That's when somebody comes and says something messed up to you. You just put the sign up. Yeah, what do you call them?
1: Kind signs? Kind signs. Yeah. Yes, kind signs.
2: Put your kind sign up.
1: But do you see how things could actually get better? Just with a kind sign.
2: Yeah, but it's this this thing is when people hear saying that they like, it could be if that was how people would operate because they don't believe. They don't believe it could happen that way. Kind of like when somebody instructs you, all you got to do is this. But when you look at it, you say, that's got to be more to it than that. So I got to do more than that. They don't believe that what you are You don't yes. believe what they're instructing you to do can really change things because it sounds so simple and silly I challenge you, we challenge you, anyone out there, to make a kind sign and see the responses that you get sometimes. Robin, I have to share this story. Put up a kind sign in her window. What did your kind sign say, Robin? It said,
3: have an amazing day. Have an amazing Love day. Love is free.
2: Love is free. And people <laughs> were pulling up next to her. <laughs> In fact, there was a gentleman that was bumping and bumping and pulling up next to her. And she was looking at him like, what the hell? If he don't get the hell away from me and he was trying to say, I love your sign. (laughs) So in this situation, it seemed like it was a trap. But she had to remember because (laughs) what happens is when you put up a kind sign, that means you have to always stay kind. Yes. So it's not just for others to be kind to you, but you have to be kind <laughs> as well. And Robin at that juncture wasn't. But to her credit, yeah. she checked herself and tried to chase the person I down know, to tell them I that I love thee and I am kind. And damn it, I now understand what no. you're trying to say. Oh, was baby. was redeemed with the next group. And she was redeemed was with the redeemed next group. I was redeemed with
3: the next group, the couple that um, were driving and a young lady, blew her horn and blew her horn and I turned around and um, she was smiling and the guy with her was smiling and um, she said, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm like, yeah, you
1: made my day as well. You
3: know, it was really
1: sweet. And there it is. Your hair looks amazing. Thank you. Like it, it is, okay. I know y'all can't see it yet, but her hair looks really amazing. Thank see that? You. See when you be kind, I come back. And it came back and yelled. It
3: goes from the inside out. So I think that, um, yeah. You know, the inside has been working.
1: It looks good. It
3: looks good. I've been working on
1: it. You know, I'm so glad that we had this conversation because we're hoping that maybe you'll take a different perspective. Or if you are one of those people that gets so balled up and so ready to fight and so angered at the word nigga, they will understand today. It's just some letters put together that created a sound. Remember the electric Company? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start it off, Daddy. Nig, uh, girl, n-
2: nigger. nigger. <laughs> oh, I, I was doing. I was stopping at the. I was stopping at the the, 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 the urban version. Okay. We Ni- gotta give. <laughs> and then I was done, but you was doing it right. Ni- Nig, girl, er, nigger.
1: Now the urban version. Nig,
2: girl. Nigga. (laughs) See? And if you're upset about that, that just simply means that you're not focused in on the rest of society and what's happening at large. Because your time is too important to be concerned about the usage of a word that others may use. And we generalize it and say, this is right, this is wrong. Use your words wisely, we would suggest, in a matter that best suits the situation, obviously. But at the end of the day, be yourself within the realms of whatever word you use.
1: And watch what will happen. You know, I had someone say to me one time, so Sydney and I, we were having a conversation and they said, we bet you wouldn't say the same thing in front of white people. And then I said, you should check my resume. <laughs> like, like, like it's just people. And if you're doing something that's wrong, The conversations that I'm having, may you be black, may you be eight, whatever you are, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And I couldn't, not that I couldn't believe it, but it was like, you buy into that? That you think because if it's another group of people that maybe that's what you do. But that's not what I do. Wrong is wrong and it doesn't have a color. And right now you're wrong. So, yeah, that's what they said. Remember that? Yes, I do. I
2: do. With that being said, (laughs) what time is it? This
1: is why I love this kind of show, because, see, people would have panicked. You can't say on just a regular show, what time is it? What
2: time is because it? We want to make sure that we good. Yeah,
1: we want to make sure that we good. That's what's up. Well, you know what? We're going to take this time because I got to tell y'all that um, May the 14th, we'll be at the um, Georgia Congress Center. At the uh, Ultimate Woman's Expo. And I think my time to speak is 1 o'clock. You know, and it'll be along with some other dynamic sisters are going to be there. So really excited about that because really interested in hearing people's perspectives and, and what it is that oftentimes we feed to other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to know and, and really open to just hear other people's perspectives and, and get that sisterhood going on. So that's May 14th at the Georgia Congress Center.
2: And if you're vibing what it is that you've been hearing on Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship, tell a friend.
1: And tell a friend.
2: Tell them where to tune in.
1: Tell them where to tune in. And here's the thing don't listen. I'm
2: looking to you to tell them when I say that.
1: Oh, Daddy, I'm sorry. Okay? Man. Tune in. And go to play.it. Get it. And click on Monique and Sydney's open relationship, and all the episodes will come right down for you. And you can click on whichever one you feel you need in your spirit. And I'm going to say this too. Say it. Don't listen in secret. Don't. Because one time I did an interview with a guy, and he happened to be a white journalist. And he said to me, I love the Parkers, but I couldn't let any of my friends know. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I said, why not? And he said, well, because it, and he stopped. And I said, are you telling me you could not let your friends know that you enjoyed watching black people? And he got really quiet. And I'm like, don't ever do that. Because you don't know how many of your friends watch us in the dark. And imagine if y'all got together and said, we just enjoy them and they happen to be black people, but we just enjoy them. But because we get the stigma of it's a black show that, oh, I couldn't relate to that. I said, so don't ever watch us in secret again. So when I say don't listen to this show in secret, if you're listening to something that can feed your soul, make sure you tell somebody else because you'll tell another woman about some red bottoms. You'll tell another woman about the baddest hairstylist. Tell another sister about some hot conversation that may make a difference in your life. And for me, they're saving my life because I say it every time. When I listen back, I'm like, you know what? I didn't even consider that. And I'm sitting here saying this shit and I'm listening to it. So these kind of conversations, we're saying to you, be unapologetic about listening and be unapologetic about sharing.
2: Be unapologetic about the way you live your life as long as you live your life in truth. And if you feel that you're doing something embarrassing— then you should really focus on do I need to change it or not and what makes it embarrassing. Are you hurting anyone negatively because you may like to dress like a woman? Are you hurting anyone because you're gay? Are you hurting anyone because of the person that you love? No. So dare to be who you are. And this is how words like niggas become less relevant because when people are living in a positive state, a joyous state, a joyous spirit, which is not specific to any religion, then watch how the things that used to matter most stop and the things that didn't matter most, like relationships, start mattering more.
1: Mm. That's what we're saying, babies.
2: That's what we're saying.
1: Take the best and what?
2: Leave the rest.
1: Because if any of this can do anything for you, that's the purpose of this show. Because I remember telling my husband years ago, having these conversations just with me, and I felt like I was doing something wrong and I was keeping a secret. I felt like I was keeping him as a secret. And it's like, you know what, the words that you've given me and the conversations you've had, they've been the only ones that could penetrate. They've been the only ones that could make me say, let me open my mind up and listen. And because of that, it's now opened me up to just listen, period. And not having the opinion of my way is the right way. My words are the best words. So I'm grateful for sharing. I'm grateful for sharing. And I'm grateful that you said that you would share. Because for a long time, it was like, Mama, no. That's what you said. Mama, that ain't what I do. I'm like, but it's unfair. Because it's, it's helping my life. And I really believe. And I think us, us together is beautiful. But I'm really proud of the fact that I'm able to sit next to someone that can feed my soul, and I'm unapologetic about saying it out loud. I'm unapologetic about saying I'm proud that, to be led because for so long to think that you're the leader and don't even know what the hell you're leading, you're just thinking that. But I'm, I'm proud of those things. And this show, I really believe when people take the time out to listen to it, and become unguarded. You walk away with something, as my daddy would always say, in your doggy bag. And someone just put on there, which I want to say thank you, the best talk show. We
2: appreciate it.
1: Very much. And the reason why we, we want to do this podcast, not saying we don't ever want to go back to TV. We don't. No. But the reason why we so appreciate this because it's raw and uncut. And we get to say what most people's minds and hearts are really thinking and feeling, but are too afraid to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. So thank you, my daddy. Uh,
2: Don't thank me because I believe the reason why we're friends today is because that you would say whatever it was that you were going to say anyway. (laughs) So I just said, you know what? That's my type of gal (laughs) right there. She's going to say what she want to say anyway. And I remember, uh, an older lady by the name of Minnie Hicks, who was my grandmother, who was of the same ilk and would do the same thing. So uh, with that being said, I appreciate you saying, hey, come on, let's do this thing together. And I appreciate you being by my side because a lot of people are under the impressions that um, you can do and you're supposed to do everything by yourself. And maybe you can. Maybe that individual can, but I tell you, it's a lot better. It's a lot easier, and it's a lot more fun when you have a team.
1: Well, I'd rather, well, I couldn't imagine being on this journey with nobody else other than you. You too, and
2: we should wrap it up before See, my bitch ass starts okay, to cry. Okay, this is where it comes I'll do to it. It.
1: God damn it, now. <laughs> okay, then. Then we're going to wrap it up.
2: because
1: it up. <laughs> And... Again, y'all, this is what happens in our closet. And ain't nobody watching. I say thank
3: you, too. <laughs> From the outside looking in, I will just thank you for giving me an image to look forward to.
1: Mm. So we going to shut it down because I'm a waterworks right now.
2: Oh, uh, That's how we Just do Just how we get here see, from see, talking see, about niggas. We, we, we talk tough. We will talk got, tough. That's your nigga. Because
1: okay. <laughs> I got a right. good she nigga, baby. Good <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Remember in uh, <laughs> and Lady Sings the Blues <laughs> when Billie Holiday said, y'all see that fine nigga right there? <laughs> okay. I'm going to have some babies with that that's nigga right. right there. You that's better right. be glad I'm 48. Because damn it if I was any younger. Well, I'm glad you're 48 because... Okay. Let me tell you something Well if,
2: if I'm a good nigger Then damn it She's a great nigress. <laughs> she's a nigger <laughs> well, A I'll nigger. be your If you'll be my nigger I'm your nigger Oh baby If it
1: don't get no bigger <laughs> <laughs> Honey
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, shit Okay then Let's do it
2: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in To Monique and Sydney's Open relationship And yeah.
1: like my daddy Always says The mind is like A parachute
2: It's no good unless it's open.
1: We love y'all.
2: For free.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.